every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Welcome to, this is a very exciting for me because Andrew Taylor looks like he's been fired as a host. I don't know if that's actually true. No, we're, we love Andrew Taylor. So today we had to mix it up real quick. So I get to go ahead and interview Zach Twardowski. So welcome to our show. Much more aggressive with Zach and I than Zach, than me and Andrew, right, Factory? Yes. It just is much different, much different feel. So, well, first of all, Zach, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Really, it means a lot to me. We have a lot of questions, and it's funny because I kind of get to go through them. When you have people in, you get to, you know, like, I know what I want to ask you, you know, when I, when I see you and I, and I think about the things you bring to the table. And some of the questions we have today, like, really reiterate that, right? Like, these are questions I'd want to ask. You know of, of of Zach. So the first one is from Mark Mead. So Mark Mead, all these guys watch this. So it's funny. Like a lot of these other people watch. You know, start out like FLUSA, and then it's everybody that we put on Instagram. Um, and one of the, what Mark wanted to know is, as you were building your business, okay, because you hear a lot of people say, "How do I balance it?" And so he his question is, "What is your response when somebody says, how do I balance both my sales and my recruiting, and what does that look like to be effective in both?'" Well, I think, Sean, and thank you for having me on, a couple of things. I realized that it wasn't going to be forever, but for a couple of years, there wasn't going to be a whole lot of balance. Um, but one thing I picked up from very early on that you said was I set a number of this is how much, how many families I need to protect a week to make sure that you know I can operate my business and everything like that and, and lead from the front. Once I get to that number, I can go ahead and spend the rest of the week focused on recruiting, but I'm always going to get to my number every single week, and I'm always going to protect 15 families a week. So the balance for me came in because I was willing to sacrifice and give up working, um, doing anything on the weekends besides being out in the field and helping protect families. So I would dial on Thursday, dial on Friday morning, work with my agents the rest of the day. So I'd get to the office 7, start dialing 7.30, dial till 10, then work on you know doing training with agents, helping them on the phone, helping them set appointments, setting appointments for agents in some cases just to help them get rolling. And then same thing I would do Friday morning is dial for myself from 7 to 10, then work with agents all day, help them in the field. And then between Saturday and Sunday, I'd try to run 20 to 25 appointments, see if I could help 10 to 15 families those days. If I did, great. I, would, I wouldn't go back in the field the rest of the week, and I would work on building my business. If I didn't hit my number where I didn't help 15 families, then I would go back out in the field Tuesday. And if I missed on Tuesday, I'd go back out on Wednesday because I knew that I had to make sure that, you know, we use the, the analogy a lot with the auction and the plane, but same thing. I had to make sure that my production was done first, lead from the front from that aspect. And then there wasn't a whole lot of balance that year while I was doing that. I worked every single day. Um, Deb and I got married in 2020 when I worked every day that year. I took the day off for the wedding, the day after, and then we didn't take our honeymoon until you know until December of that year when I, when I was finally able to get out of the field. So talk to me about that. Like prior to FFL, your weekends consisted of what? What did you do? Whatever you wanted. But what whatever you- I wanted. Yeah, I was in college, so I would drink Wednesday through Sunday. producing yeah. stuff, just whatever. Watching games, messing around, going outside, working out, just doing things. They weren't generating you any income, but you were doing them. Yep. When you made that decision, because I think that's a struggle for a lot of people, is they, they know they need the discipline. 
What was the hardest part of that? Like, what made you make that decision? Like, you didn't wake up, and I, I mean, I'm because I, I just want to. This is very important. What made you? What was that breaking point? Where you're like, I have to do this, or what was it successful? The what you're going to make make every week. But what what was it about you or about it where you said, okay, this is it. I'm going to make this decision. Well, I think going back to when you did when Family First Life partnered with Integrity, and then the first four people partnered with Integrity. I think at that point in time, I didn't really believe that I had a chance to do the same thing. And then I got to spend more time around you and the other partners and then keep seeing other people partner. And I started to believe that I could that I could get there as well. And I realized that the only real difference was a couple people had done a few more, like a couple people had been there longer than I'd been there, but a couple people were working the same amount of hours but were a lot more efficient in the time that I was working in. And I realized I was really inefficient and I didn't spend a lot of time, um, I didn't spend a lot of time intentionally working, right? So what I had to do was actually build out a calendar and, and be willing to stick to it. And I was like, it makes sense for you, Sean, or for all these, like Mark Mead, who asked the question earlier, or Andrew, different people who had kids and lives. I was like, okay, it makes sense why you guys need to have calendars and be intentional with your schedule. But I was like, I was 23 years old and it was me and Deb and a dog. I'm like, dude, I can work whenever I want to work. So I didn't have any sort of schedule and my life was chaotic. And then when I started really planning out and, str- and being strategic with my days and my weeks. And I was like, this is how I'm going to plan out this year. You know, and I, I'd always booked my calendar out for two months and I would be even as neurotic as like, I would dial at seven 30 on Friday, on Thursday and Friday. And I'm running 24 appointments on Saturday and Sunday. And I would write out where I was going to fit my 120 appointments for the month in each day. So the whole month was booked out for two months. And what happened is as soon as I started writing it down, I was like, well, now I have it written down. I have to stick to this calendar. So I think it was, realizing that, A, I could get to the same place other people had gotten to, and that the thing they were doing differently was being much more intentional with their schedule than I was. And then as soon as I started having an actual strategy of how I was going to attack each day, you know, week, month, and throughout the whole year, then I had a plan moving forward, and, and I felt a lot more empowered to go ahead and complete the goals I, I had set out for myself. Well, great answer. Thank you very much. Uh, Dave Wichert, he asked like 104 questions. We love Dave Wichert. Yep. And he said, because I told him you were going to be on, he said, Zach's had this unbelievable growth or last six, eight, nine, 12 months. What has been the best recruiting strategy for you that's allowed you and the team to grow at that rate? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing we changed was I had this misconception, Sean, that because I never worked at any other IMO or any other sales job or with any other insurance company or anything like that, that I wasn't in the position to go out and recruit other agents or other agencies, right? And then what I started doing was, you know, doing what everyone had been telling us to do for a long time was, you know, start building up a social media presence, start reaching out to people on social media, and then learning how to have conversations with people through trial and error. So it was a lot of different conversations. Some of them lasted two minutes and I got hung up on, and then some of them lasted, you know, eight months and never went anywhere. But it was just me reaching out and starting to have conversations with with people that are already in the industry and and getting good at listening to them and asking them really good questions so I could understand our competition, other companies that we worked with, um, let them tell me what they had to offer. And then I could step in and go, Hey, you know, that sounds great. I would, you know, work with you, but we can get up to 145% commission here. Or, you know, I actually own my book of business here and we were able to do a deal with integrity. You know, it looks like based on what you have going on, you're not able to do that there. Why, you know, wouldn't it make more sense for you to work here so you can do the same thing we were able to do. So the, the answer was, I guess, getting out of my, getting out of my own way and, and the fact that I was setting these barriers for myself. I can't recruit people because I never worked at this company, which was, a, which was totally untrue. And I just started reaching out and talking to people and being really good at listening to them, let them explain their opportunity to me, and then maybe able to explain why I think that you know, FFL is the best opportunity out there in our space. 
I think that's actually, I think most people that have not been in the industry, which you weren't, mm-hmm. do it exactly that. They go, well, I don't know anything about it. Well, how did you learn anything? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when you're young and you play like lacrosse, mm-hmm. my guess would be, like, when I was young, I played football. Well, I played football, baseball, basketball. I played football, and baseball, high school, and college. When I was a little kid, like six, seven, eight years old, I used to go to the high school football games. A, I like to watch football. But I watched and learned and paid attention. And as I got older, asked questions and figured, because I wanted to get good at something. And I was a kid. But I was like, I want to get better at this. When I went to college and I wanted to learn more about what I was studying, I asked questions. Like it's, and, and again, I hear, you could say a million times people, the quality of questions, you know, the quality of life is based on the quality of questions you ask. And I heard that so many times over the years. And it's so true. But a lot of us just won't do it. Like you had, you had no idea what anybody else did in the industry. You knew what FFL did. You came in here. You're like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to get my schedule straight. I can help a bunch of families. Cool. I'll be good at it. I'll recruit some people, some people I know. Maybe use some cold market strategies. But hell, it wouldn't it be easier for me to call a bunch of people and recruit them that are already in the business and say, here's our platform. Let's compare platforms. Let's compare my platform to your platform. You tell me what you think. Let's just compare them. Compare and contrast. You tell me what you think works. And but you educated yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you started getting much more aggressive because you had the information. Then you started saying stuff like, because I, I like some of the groups we met with, the people you'll fly them in and we'll meet with them. And I'll go, how'd you meet this person? You go, oh, he's been recruiting me or he's been recruiting guys on my team for six months. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't take it personally. By the way, anybody in the industry can recruit. They're, we're all independent. You can recruit whoever you want. Right. But it goes both ways. So when people are like, they're recruiting people that work with me. Okay, well, are you treating them right? Did you give them good comp? Did you put them in a position to win? Yes, yes, yes. Don't worry about it. That's the way it works. The minute your company that you work at starts saying they can't, they can't take, which is weird because it's not their possessions. My agents, I what I knew we were onto something is when people started literally complaining and posting, saying they'll poach your agents. Dude, you you can't poach a human being. What are you talking about? And then I was like, they don't get it. Our alleged competition is not going to change. They're literally just going to complain and say that they recruit our agents. Like, how dare they do that? Like, they can't do that. So, Zach, but you educated yourself. And it's not a lot to figure out. What's your comp? Do you have a contract at all? How do you all structure renewals? What's your training look like? Do you have leads? Where do I actually get trained? Do I pay for training? Is there a monthly bonus? Like if I build a team, that was another we don't. When I built, when I got in the business, top compensation you get the company I was at was one ten. You couldn't go any higher. Mm-hmm. Once you got to one ten, if I hire, if I recruited you and you eventually got to one ten, I stopped making. I had nothing, nothing. And their answer was go find more people. Right. I'm like, no, but I worked with him for a long time. I, I don't want you to get hurt. I'm happy, but like I don't now. I'm building a team for the company. It just I stop. And so, do you have a, a bonus like we do? Do you actually own your entity? Do you own your? Do you have a contract that precludes you from doing a deal with Integrity or somebody else? Right. Like, you work wherever you want in the country. 100%. Yeah. Like, where, where, so I think for us, you, we have a lot of you that weren't in this business. I think you're, you, you, they didn't know who you were, which is good, right? So you're able to talk to people, but you have to go ask. Mm-hmm. And, and I watched Andrew Taylor do this for years. He'd reach out to people and they'd try to recruit him. And he just listened to him. And then he'd just, he'd recruit them because what we have to offer is pretty unbelievably good as far as like, insurance opportunities out there, right? We think we, what we offer is the best based on what we see. Compensation-wise, all of the above. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to be great, great successful. It doesn't mean anything. It just means we have a phenomenal platform for you to give it a shot, you right. know? Um, great answer. 
Last question. What has been, and I hate to do it with Dave Witcher, but Dave Witcher again, because he's so, he just, you all gonna ask more questions, we'll help you out. Um, Dave said, what's the best strategy that you've utilized to get agents from zero to 10 to 15 families a week? Like, what if you had to pick one thing, because you guys have been very good at it, what is one thing you've done that's allowed you to get agents helping families so fast? Yeah, I think, and I think we, the, the short answer is we focus on getting people to do the right activity first, right? And once we have them doing the right activity, Sean, then we can fix whatever the hole in the game is. Or if they're doing the right activity, then, then they're helping 15 families a week, right? But so the first thing we're focusing on is getting agents to book 30 appointments a week. Um, because once they're booking 30 appointments a week, then from there we can, we can go and go, okay, so you, you book 30, you sat with 20, you helped two families. Well, then I know where the issue is. I need to help you in your home, right? Or, you know, Sean, you booked 30 appointments and five showed up, but you, but you helped three of those families out. Well, your in-home's really good. We have to help fix on the phones to make sure more people show up. Or you made 800 dials and you only set six appointments. Then we know it's your phone script. So we're just getting people to do the right activity, have enough leads up front, make sure they're spending five to $700 per dial day on leads to get them enough leads, which I think a lot of people, and I was scared to tell people that in the beginning. I'm like, well, that sounds like a lot in leads, right, for them to spend on leads. But if I don't tell them that, I'm doing them a disservice and making it like, oh, this is the easiest job ever. It's not. If you don't have enough leads and you don't make a lot of dials, and even if you do all those things, I don't know if you're going to be good or not, but that gives you the best shot to have success if you do these things. I'd rather people tell me that up front rather than pretend like it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows when it's not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's like walking around with something in my teeth all day and no one tells me. It's like, I know you would tell me, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that about you. So I always want to do the same thing for agents. Is like these are, this. I'm not saying this is going to work no matter what, but if you do these things, this is the best path to success, getting you to 30 appointments a week and then figuring out where the holes are. Um, and I, what we realize is it doesn't really matter what lead type. You know, It all basically works out the same as long as people are putting in the right activity. You know, the, the results relatively the same across lead types. We just had to get them in front of enough people and then figure out where the hole was from there. Well, here's the, here's the funny thing. Like, I guess I was probably blessed in this way, but I would, you would, I would buy a house, mm-hmm. okay, for $150,000. I would buy it. Like, I would purchase it. I would then put thirty grand into it, into it for one eighty. I would list it for two ten, pay real estate commission. It would take us five, six, seven months, and if we netted like eighteen grand, it was like the greatest thing in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. I'd borrow the money, pay interest on it. Sometimes it was hard money if I couldn't get the bank to do it. And you buy a multifamily house to maybe net five hundred bucks a month, right? And and owe two forty on it. So when people and I appreciate your candor because I think most people decide for their agents what they can or can't invest or spend right on leads. To me, if I knew that one family, if I helped one family, that money I spent per dial day, if I helped one family, that covered it. Right. Like one family. So that's my, that was always my rationale. Like, okay, if I can help a family, I got back what I just did. Okay, cool. All right, got it. Now I got that part. Now what do I do? All right, so I helped the family, got my money back. Now can I go ahead and get it? Where's my, where's my real, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm a big fan of that. Give me your worst thing that can happen. What's the worst thing that can actually happen out of this whole result, out of this whole deal? So I think that, but I think part of what you're saying, guys, if you're building your business is that's part of why it's so crucial to have been out there helping families. You don't have to be number one person in the company, but it's hard for you to dissect all those things if you've not lived them. It's hard to dissect the dials or the activity or the in-home or the phone if you've not done it. Because right. now you're kind of, you're really not even hypothesizing because that's an educated guess. You don't even have an education on it. So you're really just kind of 
you know, guessing. And and what you need to do is get them in front of somebody that can actually help them if you can't. That's also the other thing, too. If you know you can't help somebody, get out of the way. Yeah. You know, somebody asks something, you can't go, hey, man, let me, can you answer? I don't know the answer to that. Like, hey, somebody, can you answer that? I don't, why would I ever start trying to answer that? I was meeting the other day, and somebody, I'm like, I don't know, I don't do that. Who does? He, okay, can you answer that for us? Like, why would I try to pretend to have answers to things I don't have answers to? And then people are listening to me, and they can actually get hurt. Right. And I, well, I think the biggest blessing I had in this business was I was really bad in the beginning, right? And it, I wasn't helping 20 or 30 families a week for the first three, four months I was here. So I know what it's like to suck and then figure out how to get better. And I think, and I'm lucky to work with Easton, too, who had a really similar experience, right? Where we, we struggled in the beginning. You know, we ran a lot of appointments, didn't help a lot of families. And I think it makes it really easy to talk to agents. And what, what you taught me, too, was make, like, why are you not sharing that story with new agents? Why are you not letting them know, hey, I started here, this is the result I had, and then I kept with it, and I changed a few things. I was accountable. I asked for help. I did all these different things, and I got better. But, it, but it's important, and for everyone watching, it's like I, I struggled for the first three or four months I was here, but I kept running high activity, and I kept reaching out to people that knew what they were doing. You know, if someone else was helping 10 families a month, I wasn't going to talk to them. You know, in the beginning I did, which is why I didn't get any better. But then I learned, okay, if I want to help 30 families a month, I can only talk to people helping 30 families or more a month. And I had to stop interacting with everyone else helping 10 families a month. And then once, you know, once I made it past that, and I can talk to our new agents about that because I went through the same struggles they're going through. And I remember it like it's yesterday. It feels like it was, you know, just yesterday. So, well, I think that's, that's a big deal too. And we wrap up on that. I think that's the, that's the, and I think I remember that historically, that was the biggest thing for you is like, Hey, I got people trying to help me whether they were trying or not. I don't know who don't really have never achieved that. And I, I think what they should have just done is said, I don't know, but let's get you around some people that know, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, if you say, Hey, who, who has the highest IP per agent, if that's you and it's your group, which it is, then give us some advice. But if somebody's asking about something else, you all don't do it, you'd go, I don't know, man. Let's talk to that group. They're really good at it. You know right. what I mean? Like your social media game wasn't good back then, but Andrew's was. So, okay, mm-hmm. what is Andrew doing on that social media deal? Cool. Okay, well, Dave has a, now he understands the industry and he's, you know, recruited a lot of licensed people. Like, how do we do that? That makes sense. So yep. I think it's, um you know, it was a great question. So I appreciate you getting on. Hey, great job today. I mean, I hate... Fact refresh, I hope we still have a job for Andrew Taylor. Yeah, I mean, we have to have him because he wouldn't be able to take it if he gets kicked out. So we want to make it like one of those talk shows. We'll have three of us. We might have. I know I know you can do anything, bro. I'm not really worried about that. So, guys, thanks for joining us. And, uh, Zach, great job. We'll talk to you all next week. So thanks, guys.